Hello and welcome to ASMR Tirada de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, we want to make sure you know how much we appreciate you. Thank you for listening and being a part of our podcast family. If you enjoy what we do, please take a moment to share your favorite episode with someone. It really does help our podcast grow. once more I don't remember the night 
I fell. In the woods, I don't. I was just hiking and I slipped on a loose stone off the edge of the path. And I tumbled very short distance, in fact, down the side of the embankment. But it was the way I landed. I just landed funny. I, I remember telling myself, uh, I just landed funny. If I could just take that back. If I could just take back that moment when I landed wrong and my world changed when I couldn't I couldn't stand anymore. I can stand now. I can see across the the way now. But then I couldn't. My ankle snapped. Worthless. My foot hanging like a piece of meat from the end of my leg. Nothing worked. And I was stuck there. Laying there, hungry, my stomach growling, the sounds of nature around me, and all the fears and insecurities of nature around me. But I had a lighter too, and I tried to find it, and it was gone. It fell out somewhere in the tumble down that embankment. Like so many hippie children, with my bag of weed and my Bic lighter, gonna get back to nature and here I am nature kicked my ass and I didn't tell anybody where I was going and I didn't tell them when I would return it'd be days before anybody would come looking for me and I left the marked path for this little cool detour down in the woods and what turned into be a quick jog through the woods turned into a fight for my life it was so cold that night it was so cold and I was so hungry it's amazing to be hungry like really be hungry like realizing you're starving Realizing you're freezing. Searching around in the mud, muck. Dragging yourself inch by inch around the woods. Looking for a lighter. If you could just find that lighter. You know, I love how that kid couldn't get the lighter to light, but it sparked. If I would have had sparks, if I could have had sparks, I could have caught some cotton from my sock on fire. I could have started a little flame. I could have built a little rescue fire that would have been seen, would have been smelled, would have been 
able to keep myself warm. I mean, I could have thrown leaves on it. Sticks. There were sticks. I even had one big enough to... Maybe I could pull myself up the bank. But it was so muddy. And everything was just like glue. And I kept slipping back down. And it's horrible when you realize you're not getting out of this so easy. But it's okay because there's people everywhere. So I'll just yell and somebody will hear me. But it kept getting colder. And I hadn't ate since morning. So it had been almost a full 12 hours. And I had a little bit of water. And it was so cold that night. Something, something snapped in me. The pain, the lack of sleep, the struggle. Struggling there, dragging myself around in the mud. The cold. I was wet all the way down to my underwear. Was it the dampness? But the next morning I couldn't move. I, I must have slept. I don't know how long I was out, but the sun was going across the sky, but the trees were blocking it. I couldn't get any heat or warmth from the sun. I tried to pull myself to the right to a small crack in the leaves to dry my skin to get a little warmth on my hand from a band of sunlight that struck across the leaves and I I couldn't reach it I couldn't move something was holding me to the ground and I was so cold even with the sun going overhead my stomach was so hungry but the worst part was my throat was so sore that bottle of water I found in the bottom of my car on the floor, half drank, must have had, must not have been mine. Where did that, I thought it was mine. It must have been mine. I, nobody left a bottle in my car. Maybe it was hers. Maybe she left the bottle in my car. And she had that horrible sore throat, that strep sore throat. I'd, was it her bottle? Did I drink after her? I was sipping on that bottle all the way up on that drive for two days, practically. I think I started drinking that bottle. Boy, I wish I had that bottle right now. It's funny where the mind goes when you're so cold, so hungry, and so alone. I'd been drinking out of that bottle for two days. It was warm from laying on the floor, the sun striking it over and over again. But whatever was on that bottle made my throat so sore, so thick my tongue could barely move. I couldn't hardly yell. My throat was dry. 
even if I drank a little water from my emergency bottle. It didn't help, but only for a few seconds, and then it flared up again. I found a small, reflective mirror in my pack and held it up and looked in my throat, and it was so red. My throat was raw after only one day of sleeping out here, and it was so cold in the middle of the day. I had to drag myself. I had to bang on a tree somewhere, but there's nothing close, nothing nearby, nothing to give me shelter. Stuck in this muddy slide I had created for myself. I look like a upturned crocodile stuck in his own den, a turtle spinning in circles on his shell, staring up at the world. I could gurgle out a yell. Something was wrong. Something was really wrong with my mouth, my throat, my tongue, and it was swollen. Like, was I bit by something? Did a bug bite me? Did I get infected by dirty water or some kind of amoeba attacking my brain? My thoughts were all over. Maybe I had an infection. Maybe I was... Maybe I had gangrene, my ankles so swollen now, my foot like a lump down on the bottom of my leg, like a stump of wood tied around my ankle, like a brick tied around my body, dragging that foot around and so painful. Every single jarring movement felt like somebody had taken a knife and shoving it end up the ends of my bones into the leg up into my shin almost like they were skewering me every minute, every second the pain and you would convulse from it and I would bite down on my lip and it was so dry my lips sticking together my mouth so, so tender my tongue so swollen my eyes glazing and I couldn't get over a few inches to a band of sunlight. With that mirror and that sun, it suddenly dawned on me. I could maybe create a spark, a little hot spot, a little flame. Maybe I could focus that mirror and start a fire and get rescued. I struggled and struggled. Finally, I pulled myself those few inches to that light and then I realized I left the mirror laying on the other side of me and I was so close I struggled now with real resolve and fear to get my mirror pulling myself back towards it the stupidest, stupidest mistake, stupid, everything, it's just, it's just little tiny mistakes, and I'm so cold, so cold, and the sun was so warm on my hand, to be there, and I forgot the mirror in my hand, and I pulled myself back, and got the mirror, and turned, 
and wiped any water and mud from the face of it, and looked, and the sun dipped down behind the clouds. I held the mirror on my chest, waiting for another chance. Maybe the clouds would clear. Maybe the sun would come back. But hours passed. I couldn't sleep. Almost two days with no sleep now. I must have fell asleep last night. I must have fell asleep tonight. I must have fell asleep during the day. Because now it's night. It's gotta be night. But things are different now. I'm not hungry anymore. I can get up. My leg isn't pulling me down anymore. And I walk up the embankment back to the trail. Back towards my car. And I stand at the edge of the woods. And it's nighttime, but the sky is illuminated with stars I've never seen before. A billion shooting stars swirling in the sky. The moon so big, it's as big as the sun. Huge, bright. You can't even look at the moon. But it must be night because it's so dark, but it looks like the sun. Every bit of light so bright. Thank goodness my ankle healed. And my mouth doesn't hurt anymore and my hunger is gone. I walk back towards where I came from. I need my keys and I can leave. Why do I keep forgetting things? First my mirror. First some supplies of food and water, a lighter. Everything getting lost in that muddy little hole, just a few feet off the beaten path. I walk back, and now you've left your keys. It couldn't get any worse, but I know they're in the bag. I know they're in the bag, because I found them in the bag. They were in the bag. And I crest over the hill to the little slide where I was stuck. And there's somebody down there. Somebody's down there. Cold. Dark. The light shows me I'm standing there looking at myself. Fear, the abject horror of seeing your body lying there prone on the ground, twisted in the strangest of ways, 
the death throes of somebody choking for air, choking as their windpipe closes from some weird, unknown, unspecified medical situation. And you realize you were actually in trouble the whole time. You lasted longer than you should have. And it's over now. And the horror sends you running. You split into a hundred pieces and you run in every possible direction on the graph. And you run as far and as fast and as And it brings you back to the point of origin and the realization that you're gone. And I'm tied to these woods. And even days later when they find me and drag my body up that slide of mud and take my body out of the woods, I stay here. Right here. Hoping someone will light a fire and put up a signal and then I can go home. Because if they would light that campfire, I could go home. And a group of people come by. A nice man a white shirt and a tie and his family marshmallows Hershey bars graham crackers making s'mores with a few strikes of his lighter he gets the fire started he's a father and fathers know best and a campfire starts to roar, and he tells stories while we all sit around the fire. I come in and I find an open spot on the logs placed strategically around the fire ring, hoping someone will notice that the fire will bring help, and I can finally go home. Sitting there by the warmth of the fire, alone on my side, everybody curled up on the other benches. Two there, two there, two there, three there. And the man tells the stories. And they laugh. And they cringe. And they boo at the silly scary parts and he looks across the way towards me that look of knowledge and acknowledgement finally someone has seen me the fire has done the trick he sees me I can see the glint in his eyes. 
tells his family to sit still. And he stares deeply into my soul. He loosens his tie in his shirt. And he greets me with a hello. In the sheer joy of the moment, I stand up and I literally pass right through the fire towards him and the others sitting on the log beside him. I get through the fire a mere few inches away from him, wanting to communicate, wanting to go home. I want to go home. I want this to end. I don't want to be a wandering spirit stuck and tied to these woods any longer. This man who can see into the world of the supernatural, the paranormal, by chance has come across my path. He looks like a retired bureaucrat. Even in these woods, his neatly pressed black slacks, white shirt, black tie, the epitome of the government worker, sleeves rolled up to the elbow, his hand outstretched, almost touching me. Who is this man? And he looks at me and says, Wait a minute, back up. Six feet, six feet. Please, please, please follow the social distancing rules. In utter shock and terror, I back up through the fire back to where I was and realize he commanded me and I moved and I adhered to his rules of social distancing. And in that moment, our eyes met and a strange look twisted on his face. And it must have twisted mine. We looked at each other, realizing the absurdity of telling a ghost to social distance. And the ghost actually listening. And we laughed. I laughed for the first time. In so long, emotions swept over my being, and I laughed, and he laughed too, and the heat and rising embers of the fire, the wisps of smoke rising into the trees, I felt myself lift. I felt myself leaving this place, the fire carrying me 
with the heat of the fire up into the outer reaches of the leaves, the branches, the trees, past the canopy of the forest, the smoke pulling me towards the stars, billions of stars. When you look up, there's so many stars, and the moon is so bright. I go towards it, and it's bigger than the sun on the brightest day. So bright you can't see anything, but the stars go round and round, and the moon grows brighter till it's nothing but a long, long tunnel, a path straight up to it. And finally, Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Please take a moment to share, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash Tirar de Huello. The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuele at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.